Jeff Brown hired a DJ and a drill team to launch him into the Philadelphia mayor's race last November. He took a firm outsider stance. I've watched City Hall, and unfortunately, I've watched them fail to really make any progress for us, and fail again to really make Philadelphia work for us. I just haven't seen it. With no government experience, Brown leaned into his track record running a business. He's a fourth-generation grocer, so perhaps it's no surprise he was good at it. But it's also true he operated as a bit of an outsider there, opening stores in what are known as food deserts, where other supermarkets had closed because of the troubled neighborhood around them. And he hired people returning from incarceration. Nobody thought we would succeed when we did our first food desert store in Island Avenue. Other grocers told me I was crazy. It's not possible to succeed. So I started out asking him why he operated that way. As a young boy, I worked in my dad's store in West Philly at 40th and Girard, a small, very small store. And I kind of grew up in two worlds. So I, I, as a young, impressionable boy, I heard the story of people in West Philly and I heard the story of people in Northeast. And uh, both of them rolled around in my mind. And um, in West Philly, uh, a lot of people, they, they, they're stuck in poverty and they're, they're confronted with a lot of challenges. And, and that, that seemed like someone should help. And um, I'm very motivated, you know, to have a business and be an entrepreneur, but also use that platform to help people. And you rose to prominence, might be the right word, or maybe got into politics for the first time during the sweet and beverage tax debate. And you opposed it. Now, seven years later, 13,000 children have gone through free pre-K. Dozens of rec centers and libraries have been renovated. And there was a study last month that showed actually sweetened beverage taxes reduce gestational diabetes by 40%, low birth weight babies by 39%. In other words, it's good for mother and infant mortality, which is a huge issue in Philadelphia communities of color. Do you ever consider those things and think, maybe I was on the wrong side of that? No, I actually still believe that, that I was right. And I think the studies are not correct because there's also studies that suggest they're not correct. But that's not really what's at play in my mind right now. Um, I don't like the idea of saying something's a sin and ju- using that to justify just excessively taxing underprivileged people which we, we have a tendency to do that here in Philadelphia. Our taxes for people in poverty are among the highest in the country. And a lot of the scientists, they have very contradictory outcomes. And, you know, uh, health disparities is something that I'm very interested in and been very involved in in my work in food deserts. And, and I just don't buy that it's true. And I have a lot of data and a lot of evidence. But that's not really what's at play here. What's at play here is a financial problem. Our budget in Philadelphia has been subsidized by federal stimulus dollars that are drying up. The next mayor is going to take a hit of like $250 million a year. And I think it's unrealistic to reduce your revenues in that circumstances because we're going to have a gap to fill. And so what I'm saying is the beverage tax is not a priority to me until we overcome our financial difficulties that I'm expecting. And I still don't like the tax. I still think It disproportionately taxes poor people, especially poor people of color. And where I think all of the studies are wrong, and I have this data, and I think the scientists know it but ignore it, I have stores on both sides of the line. And so all that's happened is 
is that the people that used to buy their beverages in Philadelphia are now buying them in the suburbs. I have stores on both sides. We've seen the shift. It's factual. And so they are projecting benefits that aren't there because they're just buying the beverages elsewhere. Okay, so this was a study by the University of San Francisco. It studied 5 million women um, in four cities that have beverage taxes. But you're saying that your comparison of sales across city lines negates the medical research? It wasn't my study. Um, There were other scientists that have done studies that basically show people just shifted where they buy the beverages. And the people doing the studies, and and, you know, uh, liars figure and figures lie. I mean, these studies, um, they, you have to look at both sides because there's often contradictions. If it's true that people reduced uh, their consumption of sugary beverage, and by the way, I think it's a bad idea to have a lot of sugar. But what, what, what happens is the way these studies work is they show a big reduction in beverage sales in Philadelphia. And so then they extrapolate that and say, because there's this big reduction, this is going to improve health outcomes. Well, this was 5 million women. This was not sales or anything. This was studying women through pregnancy. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. I've seen these studies. Um, I, I appreciate the five million is good, but um, I've seen these studies. K- kind of, they, they decide the outcome before they do the study. Mm-hmm. And if you if you looked at entire population health, there's been no improvement in health disparities. There have been no improvement in including in these cities in obesity. There's, there's, there really isn't any evidence to suggest that we have improved public health with this. If you could get the whole country to reduce your consumption of sugar, we would improve public health. But that's not what happened. They just shifted where they buy the sugar. Okay. Do you think it's good for a mayor to be so dug in on a position that when data is presented, he says that can't be right? I think that every leader should question studies. And you have to question everything you're told. You can't trust people. You have to read the whole thing. You have to investigate it. And you have to see what the contradictory evidence is. People don't always tell the truth. Okay. So you said it's not a priority. But if you, in fact, get city finances in line with spending, is that like a long-term goal of yours to get rid of this tax? Um, If our our, uh, financial circumstances were good. Um, we are uncompetitive from a tax standpoint in lots of taxes, like the wage tax, the business privilege tax, the beverage tax, the drink by the glass tax. So, um, you know, I couldn't pick out one tax and say this is the, the this is the worst tax. There's so many egregious taxes in this city, and so we'd have to look at it comprehensively. If there was an opportunity to reduce taxes and see where could we reduce it really to help our long term prospects, that would be my approach. Okay. Now, you're running for mayor, and I'm going to invoke one of your competitors. Alan Dom said that he wanted to go straight from business to the mayor's office, but was convinced that he should get to know city government first by running for city council. Do you have any qualms about your, your lack of knowledge about government, specifically Philadelphia city government and how it works no, um, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why I disagree with um, uh, former uh, Councilman Alan Dom. City council is is a legislative job. And in a legislative job, they haggle amongst themselves to try to come to a legislative resolution. They, they know nothing about running this city, literally nothing. 
As a matter of fact, the, the vast majority, I want to say almost all of them, have never managed a large workforce, let alone a large unionized workforce. They have no experience in that. A lot of them have never really led anything because legislators basically, they complain about things and then they try to argue over legislation um, uh, to get it passed. Once you pass the legislation, they don't know how to do anything. And I think that's one of the problems in government. They don't have leadership or management experience for a a CEO type job or, or a mayor job, a governor's job, a, the president of the United States are all managerial leadership jobs, completely different than legislator. I mean, it can't hurt to have some legislative experience. It's not going to help you in this job. As a matter of fact, I would argue if you look at the deterioration of the city, and this, is, this city's been deteriorating for 50 years, we keep on putting the wrong person in charge. We're putting legislators that don't know how to do things, don't know how to manage things. And we keep on ending up with politicians that can't make decisions. And you see, and nothing gets resolved. I mean, this city's the worst it's ever been. And why aren't we, as a total city, questioning this idea that legislative experience is helping us? You think the city is the worst it's ever been? Actually, the poverty rate has been declining slowly but steadily over the last several years, even through the pandemic. Not, it's up now. Poverty rate rate is up. When I was a kid um, working in my dad's store, um, the poverty rate was 15%. It's 25, 26%, and it's on, it's on the rise. It's 23%, but um, it was 26% six years ago. Yeah, but And it was for a while before that. Yeah, but that's you have economies that are better and worse. And what happens in a really good economy, um, the, the lowest skilled workers go to work. And when the economy is bad, they're the first ones to get laid off. And so you have some ups and downs with the economy. But we have more of a structural issue here. We have a structural issue of mass incarceration that has permanently locked people into poverty. We have a broken K-12 through education that keeps on producing more people that can't read. And, you know, are stuck in poverty. And so I would argue that the long-term trend is not good. And we're going in the wrong direction right now. Okay. So you become mayor. What do you do? If you look at my track record and if you buy what I'm saying, which to me it's clear as could be, we have a poverty problem. And no one has really made a substantial progress in our poverty problem. Up a point or two, down a point or two. It's the same. We're the poorest big city in the country. It's obvious to me that people that are stuck in poverty forever are, are just going to have a lot of symptoms that we're experiencing in the city. And so if you agree that the real problem is poverty, I'm the obvious choice for mayor because I've taken 60,000 people out of poverty as a grocer, often hiring people for the very first time and teaching them about how to succeed at work. And we've included everybody, the handicapped people of all races. We have one of the most diverse workforces in Philadelphia, including returning citizens. Thousands of returning citizens got their first job, you know, from our organization. And so my experience in helping people out of poverty in my work is second to none. But I've also done it philanthropically and in government. My wife and I started Philadelphia Workforce and, I mean, Uplift Workforce. And Uplift Workforce specializes in helping criminally justice-involved individuals get their first work. So we not only did it in our business, we do it for lots of other organizations. And I'm chairman of the state workforce board. I've helped, helped hundreds of thousands of people in the state out of poverty. And I think that's the job here, because if you fix that, everything else will fall into line. So my number one uh, objective is rebuild our systems 
so people come out of poverty every year, not go into poverty. And my second biggest priority is crime. But I'm going to address crime gets has to be addressed right away. The poverty takes a longer time to see the results. So what's your number three priority? Clean streets, quality of life issues like, you know, let's pick up the trash on time in every neighborhood. Let's stop dumping. Let's fi- let's fix potholes. Let's replace um, lights that are out. Um, that That is the third rung of my platform. If there was a fourth, it would affordable be- housing. So where would education fall? So um, I th- I, education is the number one reason people are in poverty. And I think we've made a very serious mistake in, in our K through 12, and it's not the one everyone talks about. The mistake we made is, if you look at the numbers, more than 75% of our young people don't have a plan to go to college. And we basically have run our school district only to prepare young people for college, and we've really se- severely reduced career and technical training. And this is at a time where there's a historic number of job openings that pay really well in career and technical areas. And, you know, that's where we need to make a big shift because roughly 75% of our slots should probably be career and technical. And we've actually diminished it down to very little today. And so that would be a big adjustment. The other thing is we, we are just squandering our money in the district by really old half-empty buildings. And that that is – a thing I've learned in business, half-empty old buildings just squander money. Old boilers, leaky roofs, asbestos. We've seen no air conditioning. We've seen the problems with that. And obviously, that can't be changed overnight. But in, with the advent of the Commonwealth decision to say that our funding formula is not equitable, it's not, it's not consistent with the law, most people expect we would get some operating improvement in, our, in the operating subsidy from the state. And I want that. Like everyone wants that. But I also think it could be a historic opportunity to get a down payment on the capital we need to reimagine our school buildings, you know, and to build like state-of-the-art career and technical institutes to train young people for really good paying opportunities where there's openings. And that, that's what I would look to do. So let's say that it's the day after the primary and you didn't win. What would be next for you? Would you maybe want to step back and and have a different elective office or go back to the grocery business and kind of social engineer from the private sector? Yeah, I I haven't really thought about it, but um, I would end up doing something different. My family runs a grocery business now and they're doing a good job. And, you know, 35 years, I, I ran it, and I think I, by all accounts, I've done some great things in, in, in that business. And uh, as a leader, it's my job to develop successors. I did that. I have good successors. They're doing a good job. I don't plan to interfere with them. Like, like I don't want to be a, an 85-year-old guy, and my son's retiring, and I'm still working in the grocery business. I think for the long-term health of the city, it's good to have successors. And in all of the nonprofit work I've done— in all of the government appointments, um, I'm clearing the bench to do this job. And I found successors and have worked with them why, why there's time to work with them and everything I've done. And so I will have a clear bench and I could decide what I want to do with the rest of my life if I'm not your mayor. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. Jeff Brown retired from his ShopRite chain last fall to run for Philadelphia mayor and took what appeared to be an early lead attracting millions of dollars in campaign contributions. He's run into trouble as the race has progressed over allegations he coordinated with an independent expenditure group in violation of the city's campaign finance laws. 
He says he's sure he did everything legally. A judge will hear the case next week. And next week, in our final conversation with the candidates, Amen Brown talks about how the trauma and challenge of his early life plays into his run for mayor. I took the hits for you. I lived that rough life. So I can fix it to where you don't have to ever go through that again. You don't have to live that life. That's next time on Who's Running for Philly Mayor on the Odyssey app or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.